0: Hey everyone, hey and welcome back to yet another episode of Alpha Metallica. This is your host Tom Quee here. We are doing uh, yet another bridge school exploration. Metallica did three bridge school shows, which effectively divided decade by decade. And the latest one is 2016, this one today we're doing is 2007. And these are fascinating in in so many ways, not only to see this band we love in an environment so different, so anti-ethical to how they normally perform, also to see them doing some interesting covers. I think today in particular, um, you know, the styles of music that Metallica have done that I've never heard them do before, or bands that I never knew they were fans of, but I guess it kind of makes sense, the era that they grew up in. So um, yeah, we're going to be going through the history of the concert, the tracks, um, maybe you've heard it, maybe you haven't. You can listen to the full thing online, Uh, you can watch it as well, Um, it's very, very, decent bootleg on there if you want to refresh your minds. But um, yeah, we'll be going through to 2007. And um, as before, with uh, with 97, I have my friend John on. Uh, John, how are you going, man?
1: I'm good, Tom. How are you, buddy? I'm
0: very well. I'm very well. And... Just before we get into um today's episode, I just want to do a little bit of uh, gregarious promo, as I always do. Um <laughs> please follow the show at Metallicapod. Please get in touch with me, MetallicaPod at gmail.com if you want to come on the show, you want to discuss a concert. Um it's gonna be slightly awkward if you're gonna to want to discuss Bridge School twenty sixteen, because I've got John penciled in for that. But you know, maybe we can uh, <laughs> maybe we could do something else. I think Hetfield did a uh, some sort of cancer research unplugged gig I saw. Um, yeah, music cares, yeah. Yeah, music cares, which um that looks really interesting. So I no shout out but yeah get in touch with me um, if you want to come on the show, if you agree, disagree with any of my opinions on any of the songs, I definitely appreciate hearing that as well. Leave us a review on iTunes. We've got Patreon there if you want to support. Everything that goes on this channel goes into Patreon first. If you want to help to give back, you want to get some um, premium access to Alf Botalica content. Yeah, John, you know, going through this concert has been interesting for me because, you know, inevitably it's all about the history. And when we were talking about the, two, the 1997 concert, we were sort of marvelling at how reloady the guys were in so many mm. And encountering them um, in October 2007, as as we do for this concert. Like, not only is Rob here, not only has there been, you know, a literal physical change in the band, but they're just a different band psychologically. I mean, James seems a lot more more healthy, a lot more happy.
1: Yeah, oh, absolutely. I mean, there's a... I won't get into it too much, but there's a specific song which I think encapsulates um, yeah. Oh, yeah. everything about James at this period and, and everything that's gone on in the past, I suppose, six years post-rehab. post, uh, post rehab.
0: As we discussed before, Bridge School Benefit is organised by Neil Young. Um, it's, it's basically a school um, for those with special needs, and it's a very, very noble thing that they do every year. Two nights, they raise an inordinate amount of money and um you know thank god the people snuck in a few camcorders or whatever because we, we yeah. get to enjoy it uh, just as everyone else does and we begin um with i just want to celebrate which i don't know if it's a song you were signaling towards just before it's the, the joy de vivre isn't it uh, um james seems so happy to be playing this so grateful to be doing the music he loves
1: yeah yeah uh, it wasn't the song but oh. yeah you're right this is uh this is definitely um it's an unusual one because hmm. it's Metallica, you know, the masters of darkness and doom and, uh, you know, war and things. Oh, yeah. And then they come out with a song that's, uh, you know, I want to celebrate another day of living. You know, yes. it's, it's almost the antithesis of everything that's come before, especially with St. Anger.
0: Yeah, yeah. It's by Rare Earth, who are a band I've never heard of. Interesting band, uh, American rock band, apparently famously the first white act that was signed to Motown um which is quite interesting but but yeah the song is i just want to celebrate um it was a lead single on their 1971 album one world and it is just even if you've not heard it it just is a kind of you know carpe diem baby to a certain extent you know it is just kind of
1: don't 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 you have a go at carpe diem baby (laughs) in sentiment
0: in sentiment alone
1: through the microphone and find you (laughs) Um,
0: and you know, not only is the message different, you know, as you say, Metallica are normally like, you know, um, the purging of the landscape and the earth. Here it is very much about valuing yourself. But the music as well. Very funky. Everyone's in the pocket. I think it's a great performance.
1: Well, it depends which show you're talking about. Because the first night, right. the 27th of October, I it, it sort of falls apart at oh, the end.
0: Okay, so yeah, this is the 28th, so I didn't know that, yeah.
1: Yeah, there's there's two shows. So the, mm. uh, and I think overall the the songs that because they, they play two two different set lists. On, so um the the second night has a few variations, but there are a couple of songs they play both nights, and this is one of them. And I think the second night definitely is is better than the first. But mm-hmm. it's uh you know yeah it's a nice little it's a little groove and a little funk and you know I mean it could do with the guitars being a bit louder in the mix. Yes. But, uh, yeah.
0: Yeah, the drums do dominate definitely, and um, shocker. Yeah. <laughs> I guess I guess visually as well, for people who haven't seen it, it is very similar um to the prior concert of course is on the same stage you've got sort of the four guys slightly apart Kirk's kind of off to the right more and you know Lars at the back and everyone's seated and it has that sort of unplugged vibe to it and yeah I I like this a lot actually and I'm definitely going to check this song out more I think Rob is great on the backing vocals as well he seems really happy there it's a good opener
1: yeah yeah great sort of sets the tone I think
0: yeah yeah it does and I you know I I, I, I envy these people's knowledge of certain types of music, like Lars and James especially, but I'm sure Kirk as well. You know, they just draw on all these bands they love. They pull out all these numbers. And I don't really know Nazareth, to be honest with you. They're not a band. that They're Scottish, aren't they? They are, yeah. They're Scottish, indeed. yeah. I didn't even realise they were Scottish. Um, Please Don't Judas Me, which is an incredible title for a song. And, mm. you know, it's a very long song. It's ambient, it's proggy, you got Kirk with the slide. It's all very effective, I think. Again, I think it's a success for the set.
1: Yeah, um, actually, on the back of this uh, these shows, I went out and uh, I didn't check out Rare Earth, but I definitely checked out Nazareth, and mm. that comes from the album uh, Hair of the Dog, which I think is probably their most well-known album. Uh, and it's really good. Like the, mm. the singers, they've done a really good job of, of transcribing it, and I think this is something that Metallica, when they do covers... The best ones, in my view, aren't the necessarily the, you know, here's another diamond head one. It's mm-hmm. the ones which is n- not in that genre, and they've got to sort of put their own flavor and spin on it. And I think that, that when they do that, in like Loverman, for example, mm-hmm. then it becomes something special.
0: Yeah, you know. yeah, yeah. I think I think they've learned from the mistakes of the past show, where mm. as we said, everything was just a bit too strummy, um, yeah. uh, you know, a bit too similar uh, sonically. I think this is this is a long song that they pay a lot of attention to in the composition. Lots of cool movements. Bit of a challenge for them. Again, a song I don't I, I, forgive me Nazareth fans, if please don't judge <laughs> me. it's like your your vanguard, but yeah, not really familiar with this one again. Um, but I think very enjoyable. And you know, James says at the end that comes from a band called Nazareth. He asks if they're in tune as well, which uh, thankfully they are. He introduces the band, and um, they go into a veteran of the psychic wars, which again, amazing title. I love these these pulp sci-fi, you know, book titles. Um, Blue Oyster Cult um, mm. from them. Um, obviously, we've had Astronomy before. Uh, they're a band that you know Metallica clearly love.
1: Yeah, and I think it's interesting that you know, I mean, it, in typical metallica fashion they didn't go for don't fear the reaper which yeah. everyone would have gone oh yeah yeah yeah, yeah. yeah they yeah. go for sort of perhaps more of a bit of a uh, a deeper cut mm-hmm, you mm-hmm. know
0: yeah apparently it appeared on the soundtrack of a film that people of a certain age <laughs> not, not me because i haven't actually mm. seen it but i'm aware that it is this cultural touchstone i remember joe rogan going on about it for a, like half an hour heavy metal um, mm. the 1981 animated film. Does this mean much to you, John?
1: Uh, I know of it, yeah. um, but I've never seen it.
0: Yeah, I've, I've sort of seen clips of it here and there, but it is a really intriguing sort of, yeah, long form. It was a Canadian-American sort of adult sci-fi Mm. Film, um, the little anthology of various stories and you know, various busty women astride dragons. And you know, um, Ivan Reitman actually produced it, which I didn't realize that's quite interesting, but um, yeah, so check that out. Uh, i games James <laughs> and everyone else saw it. And this apparently, I, I searched this song on YouTube, and the top comment on all this was like, Heavy metal, I remember this, you know, this is I think this <laughs> kind of features quite heavily, so yeah, I, I didn't really know it, but um, I thought this was good. I thought, again, a little bit similar to Please Don't Judas Me, in the sense that it's, you know, it's elongated, it's it's a bit more of an exploratory song, rather than like a, a, a full-throated thing. Kirk plays a nice solo, you know, it's tasteful. Yeah. I like at the end the crowd just flares up and make noises, and James like agrees. He's like, "Whatever it is, I agree with what you're saying." Yeah. And uh, <laughs> someone shouts the word "metal" out, which is which is fair <laughs> enough. It's to be expected. We any any more thoughts on this song?
1: Uh, yeah. I mean, it's it it's uh it's a good it's a good tune. I think it's in keeping with. Um, th- there seems to be a, a little theme running through this about you know. Um um coming through difficult times and having support and, and unwavering um you know dedication and you know and I think it's the, the underneath it all I think there's a lot of reflection in the uh, you know in choosing the songs I think there's a very deliberate choices in, in some of these songs mm-hmm,
0: mm-hmm. and uh, I'm, I'm just saying this just because I find it interesting myself uh, the phrase apparently veteran of a thousand psychic wars is from a Hawkwind song originally um, that dealt with the myth of the eternal champion maybe Joseph Campbell can help us out with that I don't really know what mm. that means um, mm. and apparently uh, Jim Morrison also used it in his poem Far Arden um, I'd love to see Metallica cover a door song I don't know which one they do and I don't know if it would work but I'd like to oh. see it
1: comment Uh, comment below comment yeah yeah the end
0: maybe yeah
1: or 17 minutes of it or however long are you aware
0: of um being down so long off la woman and if you yeah 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 um that's probably one of their more accessible i mean they're not inaccessible i i think the doors are quite slept on i know they're like a huge band but i I think they're amazing band
1: Yeah, I think that in amongst, they're a bit like, now, bear with me, internet, because you're going to throw a fit at this comparison, I'm sure. But they're very much like Genesis. Right, okay. In as much as that you've got all these sort of weird out there, proggy, like, you know, the end, Riders on the Storm, that Mm. sort of thing. And then you've got Like My Fire, which is, uh, by any other stretch of the imagination, a pop song. Yeah. Yeah. You know, so that they're like a like a really good balance um, of you know, if you want to buy into that counterculture, you know, acid, opening your mind, you know, weed type of thing, mm-hmm. that's there. But then, if you want something that you can put on at a party, then you've got those there as well. Yeah, people are strange. I mean, what a, what a tune!
0: Amazing, amazing, and just. Yeah, they, I, I love I love the Doors. I think they really kind of pushed that four-piece. Were they a three-piece? Did they have a bass player or not? I think they were one of those bands that sort of had a keyboard player and one of the bass players. Yeah, right. yeah it was uh,
1: – no, there were three-piece, and um, Manzarek, the keyboard Manzarek, player, played yeah. the, the, the bass lines with his left hand. That's right, on the that's organ. right. It was yeah.
0: Manzarek, Robbie Krieger, I think was the yes. guitarist. and Yeah, I remember the drummer had the most drummer name ever from the 70s, yeah. John Densmore yes just like you know that he's a yeah. solid jazz drummer just from that
1: name yeah. but uh, there were yeah. four there were a four piece sorry there, before there we are, get comments yeah. <laughs>
0: uh, yeah there needs to be a doors podcast i always say this: any band that comes uh, up there needs to be a podcast <laughs> a doors podcast would be good actually how
1: many years you got left on this one i've Tom?
0: got uh two or three years left and, there you uh, go you know
1: what's <laughs> next <laughs>
0: i'm actually planning to do one on the canadian short story right at alice monroe but like mm. my girlfriend said like that's too obscure and i was like yeah that is too obscure no one would listen to that so maybe maybe the doors would be good maybe guns and roses <laughs> or, you know whatever but but yeah veteran of psychic wars uh, is from blue oyster cult <laughs> so we get a rendition of only happy when it rains which you know i hate to let listeners down with my street cred But I don't really Uh, know about Garbage. I know Garbage were like a big 90s band. Butch Vigs involved. Garbage, right? Big deal.
1: Um, Yeah, I mean, there was... um... You know, I suppose historically metal and sort of hard rock has always been sort of pre- predominantly um, male. Um, and then in the 90s, then uh, Garbage turned up with Shirley Manson. And also there was another band called Skunk and Nancy, which had a uh, yeah. female singer as well. So they were sort of around at the same time. And it was um, it was interesting because they Garbage certainly had a, an image that was... Um, you know, um, sort of a bit alt, a bit goth. Yeah. But then you had Butch Vig who would work with Nirvana, and so there was guitars in it. So I think for a lot of people, it was sort of slightly confusing as to know where where to put this uh, this band. But um, you know, oh, I like them. No, never yeah. a huge fan, but you know.
0: Yeah, I wasn't too too familiar. Um, I li- listened to that so- this song before I listened to the version in comparison, and yeah, the originals kind of a fuzzed out '90s kind of smashing pumpkins gish sort of era. And this version, um, at least to begin with, is quite solemn and it's nice to see James reinterpreting the feminine voice and you know, he yep. sort of goes his own way with the track. Well, what what do you think of the cover here
1: at the bridge school? Yeah, yeah. yeah. I mean it's 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 okay. It's I mean okay. I love yeah. I love Kirk's guitar tone at the yeah. at the beginning, the very beginning on that intro that sort of um almost sounds like an ebo or something yes. you know like it's it doesn't sound like a guitar um but James, I think doesn't sound confident on the vocals there's you yeah. know quite a few bum notes and uh you know Rob, Rob's backing vocals well, I'll oh, no, bless yeah, him
0: never uh, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> they're, 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 yeah, they're always wanting and like i I, yeah. I I like that they made the choice to cover this you know and and i expect yeah. that a lot of garbage metallica crossover fans were intrigued but um you know as with nazareth before us and many yeah. other bands it wasn't something that was necessarily familiar to me and uh, yeah it's 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 a little bit long um for what it yeah. is i think it could be shorted down slightly but it's nice to hear kirk doing the different sounds as you say um yeah, but, yeah. any 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 closing thoughts on only happy when it rains
1: well, the last note that I made was more rehearsal or left out of the set altogether. So, you know, one yeah. of the two. I mean, it, it, it's nice, you know, I think that's... There's a common theme that I'll come to a bit later on about, you know, these acoustic shows that they do. But, um, yeah, it's... it's uh, yeah, it's okay.
0: Getting to another band now, who are a band... I would do a podcast on
1: Dire Straits. I, I am
0: quite... I don't really like this song in general. I don't really like the album. I'm more a fan of their earlier stuff. Um, mm. what, what are your thoughts on Mark Knopfler's outfit?
1: Well, um... Because I know they're divisive. I know a lot of people hate yeah. them, and I get that. Um, I, I like them. I think people just sort of see them as like middle of the road, easy listening, yeah. sort of bland. And I think a lot of that stems from Brothers in Arms, which was, you know, their black album, essentially. Yes, it was yes, the, definitely. I think, in fact, it was the first ever album to be pressed onto CD. I think
0: that's right. The first ever CD yeah. single to be released, yeah.
1: Yeah. Um, l- love them. Love them. I mean, like, like, like all the output is, is fine with me. They are. It, it's, you know, you get a great hit CD and there's 17 tracks on and then you go, oh, yeah, I know that one. I know that one. I know that one. I know that one. Oh, yeah. I know all of these yeah. songs. <laughs> yeah. 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 You know, um, I actually got to see uh, I got to got to meet the uh, the original drummer on that track uh, oh. on Money for Nothing. Terry Williams. He's a, a boy from Swansea oh. and he played a, a gig in um and of all places, a rowing club. Oh wow! Uh, and my friend's band uh, supported him, so I got to meet him back in the early nineties. So yeah, yeah, great band, love them.
0: Crazy, yeah, yeah, yeah. I just, I think Mark Knopfler is a guitar player. He's just an unbelievable guitar player. And I think, I think Kirk rises to the challenge here because Knopfler has mm. this odd way of playing guitar where he'll accompany himself as he sings and just play these little lines and little tasteful mm. licks. And this is, as you say, second era Dire Straits where they've gone from the pub. They're not as flinty and bluesy. They are yeah. a bit more expansive. This is a song, of course, about you know, the senselessness of war, um, yeah. the, the Falklands War specifically. And it's a, it's a great cover you know I, I I think they do well and I think what what, what Martin Loeffler can't necessarily do that James does especially on the closing voice is have like a a real deep aggressive you know full-throated kind of singing Martin is a very unassuming singer for the most part really he doesn't have the best voice he has an okay voice he's a great songwriter but yeah. I, I like especially when the song grows a bit of muscle towards the end
1: yeah Brothers in Arms you know the the, the, the song that you know off the album that we're talking about it just it this is the song for me that I talked about earlier this is the one that I think for me this is the key to everything that um, the, I suppose everything that has happened yeah. since rehab I mean when, when James sings that line um, you did not desert me my brothers in arms I mean just saying it now I get like the hairs on my arms go up I think there's so much truth in that and that is for his bandmates that's for his family that's for the fans like that's coming from that song is coming from his soul Yeah, like it is it's pure Hetfield and they couldn't have picked a better song I think to to, to do that I mean I genuinely love this song to death and, I, and yeah. I get emotional listening to it because I think of all the struggle that James went through and everything that the band went through but James went through all of this stuff and he came out the other side and he's just grown and maintained and developed and and just you know he's just people you know talk about him being like an idol and an icon and an inspiration and you know, a lot of that's hyperbole or people not able to sort of comprehend that he is a human and he's just mm-hmm. this symbol but you know it's just it's hetfield in the same way that turn the page is pure hetfield lyrically this song is is you know just this is him and yeah. it's a beautiful beautiful song the second night though yeah. not the first <laughs> night the first night's not great. The second night, you know, a lot, lot of Kirk flubs on the first night. Okay,
0: okay. Yeah, there's a lot for Kirk to do. So, yeah, I'm, yeah. I'm not surprised. And, yeah, you're right. You're right. He, he is, in a sense, Hetfield, a veteran of the psychic wars. You know, himself, mm-hmm. he has been through mm-hmm. um, so much. This song as well, just out of interest, um, by Dire Straits right? was re-released in 2007, um, the 25th anniversary, to raise funds for veterans uh, with post-traumatic stress disorder. Um, which is great to see. Again, it was just, I, I was a bit ignorant really before we were doing these notes. I, I, I tangentially was aware that they'd done a Die Straits cover or something, but I hadn't actually heard it. And it, it's great. As I say, it's great to hear the band in these different yeah. environments. And, yeah, I think I think this is a, a really good version. And as you say, yeah, James is clearly in the song when he's performing it. You know, he just has a way of connecting with the music in such a believing believable fashion. Yeah, and this is a great track. We get into like a little tiny jam on justice. It was on the mm. second night at least, which is kind yeah. of kinda of cool to hear. I mean, just that riff. The Unjustice for All Riff is so simple, that na 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 Like there's nothing to it, but whenever I hear it, I just love it more and more.
1: Yeah and interestingly you probably know this but um actually that comes from Lars right that drum beat he that that the the drum beat um he sort of came up with that one day and then James wrote the riff to that mm-hmm. drum beat mm-hmm, mm-hmm. so that 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 uh that incredibly simple as a guitar player. You look at that and you kind of go, There's not really much to that, really. It's sort of fairly straightforward, but it's so powerful. So thanks, Lance.
0: Yeah, yeah. Thank you. <laughs> thank you, Lance. I, I always think of um, Justice as a sort of a twin to, I think it's the last song on Rust in Peace. Uh, Rust in Peace, Polaris, which is very similar. has the drum beat, which introduces the riff, which is exactly the same rhythm. And that can work. That can work if you've got something original there to go with it. If you've got a 4-4, four, four, slightly harder to put something yeah. noticeable down. Um, we get into, in my opinion, a little bit of a misstep here. Like, I think Ooh. it's admirable what they tried to do, but some songs you just can't strip down and make acousticy and make them work convincingly. Disposable Heroes, which they... I mean, obviously, it's a fresh masterpiece, um, mm. no question of that. But they try and retroactively program it into a singer-songwriter song. Yeah,
1: yeah, it's it's got all, it's a it's a very um, sort of Spanish yeah. sounding, you know, the rhythm and the chords, and yeah. you're kind of like, oh, okay, yeah. this is interesting. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 It's just... it's very much like the Four Horsemen because they tried to do that with the Four Horsemen, yes. didn't they, back in '97? And it's very much. Uh, can see where you're going doesn't quite work in execution but it's always fun to hear you know the lyrics of that song yeah. sung in such a sort of a delicate acoustic setting
0: yeah yeah it is it is it's like um I always remember before the Beatles were available on Spotify um, I used to just search their songs and then you'd have all the covers obviously the most covered band in the world and you'd mm. go through and all these different genres taking on she said she said or nowhere man and it's the same melody it's the same lyrics but all the music around it's a bit different and you have that moment in your brain you're like oh yeah I see I see where they're going I see never really had that with this I sort of mm. I just felt they they tried I I like like I don't yeah. I don't mind that they went for it it's just it's fucking disposable heroes the song needs an open <laughs> string the, you know what I mean it, it doesn't it doesn't need a strum it does yeah.
1: not yeah yeah it needs it needs it, it it's a song you know the the Whilst it's not, you know, it's not mandatory, but you know, the 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 lyrics of the song and the power of of the song in itself, you know, needs that. You need that distortion. You need that yeah. that thud, that chunk. You know.
0: You definitely do. You definitely. James asks at the end, you know, what was that one called? And uh, one at a time, he says as well. Yeah. One He he's so good at that. Like he really yeah. takes back. He is so, I remember in Birmingham as well. He's brilliant at that. I think. I think it's. I don't want to say it's gone viral or anything, but I remember at the Birmingham concert, I saw him, he's had quite a long conversation with a dad and his son, where the son was in the marsh and the dad was in the, in the seats, and he mm-hmm. sort of was between both of them, and it's just, you know, everyone was in the palm of his hand, like, he's the coolest guy in the room, wherever oh, he is, yeah. and, you know, I just just love him, love him for it, and, you know, if you haven't heard this, if you've to this episode, and you, wanted, you want to sort of think, what would Disposable Heroes sound like if it was like <laughs> an <laughs> MTV Unplugged in the 90s? Uh, definitely check that out. All Within My Hands, which... Mm. It's a track we covered early um, on Alpha talic I think it's like the fourth episode with um, Dave. Shout out Dave every time. This again was a debut for them, and mm. I know a lot of people were going mad, like saying this is the better version of the song, blah blah. Personally, I, I still prefer the say Anger version, but I think this is yeah. quite, this is quite a good version.
1: Um, yeah, I think this is. Uh, I think this is this is uh, this is great. Mm-hmm. I love this. Mm-hmm. You know, it's it's weird and it's. Um, eerie and um it's great to play on the guitar they've made some they've i think they've done a really good job of yeah. transcribing what's on the album into an acoustic format so yeah i think it's great mm-hmm. really really good
0: i just have interest uh, john mm. it, it, it divides a lot of people the end of the saint anger version when james is screaming kill does that bother mm. you <laughs> no.
1: no um i it, it, i maybe if he'd chosen a different word it wouldn't right. sound so on the nose and a little sure. bit hokey but um i i'm i'm not as not a huge as big a fan of saint anger as, as you are mm-hmm. but um i i do like it i'm somewhat i can always find a way to sort of i suppose apologize for things <laughs> or reinterpret saint anger for me is very much linked with some kind of monster but oh, yeah. i think that ending um, was perfect. It's it's a release. It's aggression. It's it's a venting. It's like you know. It's mm-hmm. John Lennon. It's primal scream. You know. It's it's yeah. I, mm-hmm. I like it. Just mm-hmm. maybe if he hadn't chosen kill.
0: Yeah. Yeah, yeah, it, it is just, it's just pure agony that it dips into at that point, mm. and yeah. I, I really like this version, though. I, I would like to see it live, just, just on stage, like, it, yeah. it would be fantastic. I don't think they're going to, you know, when Hardwired hits the stadiums in the US this year, I don't think All Within My Hands is going to be what they're going to open with, but no. still, it's cool that they put it here Um, this was what three or four years after St. Anger you know everyone made it aware that they hated it it was the worst thing they've ever done blah 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 they embraced it they gave it a chance and I think you know people enjoyed this there's certain noises and string stirrings here that they play into it and you know just just the end for me when he's screaming kill is something that i actually really really like and i would have liked him to have screamed kill over these acoustic chords at all these children <laughs> but
1: uh, unfortunately he doesn't do that it's in front of all these children <laughs> yeah, in front of neil young <laughs> <It's just> like... <laughs> that says a lot more about you tom i think than anything else
0: <laughs> yeah then we have um turn the page which was performed on the on the other day than the one we were
1: focusing on
0: which is a song that metallica played a lot it was in their wheel bag and it kind of makes sense to pull it out in this environment right
1: yeah, I mean it's made it's made for this environment. The studio versions, you know, got a muscular tone and and you know and it's crunching, but this is definitely I think closer to the the Bob Seger version which is a bit more folksy, a bit more yeah. sort of um meditative.
0: Yeah, it's a it's a faithful rendition. Personally, the song doesn't do too much for me and this doesn't really changed my mind to be honest but but i i, I think it, i think it's fine and you know i i don't know whether in the pantheon of 2007 if they were playing this regularly if this was something they would bring out i know that it was quite a fixture of earlier mm. tours all in all what are your thoughts on on this
1: um i really like it i think for me it fits in with that um it fits in with this idea that i've got for these shows for some reason i think that, that there's a lot of there's a lot of james and there's a lot of him communicating um, to people or or communicating ideas and this song particularly that little twist that he does after the um, uh, In the la- later in the evening section, there's a the next verse or the next chorus bit after that He changes the focus from you know, um, here. I am on the on the road again, you know I'm playing the star again to you're playing the star again, okay. you know, and it's very much um, Very much the, the focus has shifted so you can almost imagine that this is like a, that section is a conversation that James had perhaps with his wife or something you know during his, his uh, period pre-rehab um, and I think that this and Brothers in Arms are very much you know him putting his his little his heart and soul on it you know his, his tag is his communication of like this is me and this is my life and this is what it sort of feels like to be in this position so I like this song I've always liked this song and um, this rendition Okay, you know, it's a yeah. it's a bit bit less lacks a bit of weight, but but you know, I'll always listen to Turn the Page.
0: Yeah, yeah. We play it safe as we get to the end of the concert, um Unforgiven, which just it just works here, doesn't it?
1: Yeah, I mean I like Unforgiven, but I, I I have a real it, it's one it's interestingly it's, it's one of the most played out ones for me because I don't think they've ever live now, it, it's never been better. To, I think the best performances were on the Black Album Tour. Yeah. You know, it, it had a vibe. And also, this is this is incredibly petty and this is the tiny hill that I will die on. But I can't stand the way that James sings Unforgiven. Right. Because it, it's just unforgiven. It's mm. like, he it puts an E that, and it's just, every time I hear it, I go, no, James. And then obviously <laughs> Lars can't control himself either. It's a, you know, it's supposed to be tasteful Lars, you know, and, yeah. and instead he's, you know, yeah, yeah, but it, you know, it it, it wouldn't be I, I can't imagine them ever doing anything acoustically that doesn't involve either one of the next two songs, yeah. this song or the next one. Yeah, you know.
0: yeah, yeah, definitely. I hadn't really considered that, but I definitely agree with you, Unforgiven, the marquee performances of the Black Album performances. Yeah, something. Yeah, there's something quite grand about the song and especially the way the guitar in the verses goes with James's voice um you know it definitely has a a powerful sentiment there that this this is fine this works you know especially the intro that kind of arpeggio intro just works so brilliantly um with the guitars and and yeah yeah i think this is a not not a bad performance now um unfortunately on the video at least nothing else matters is cut so Mm. i haven't heard it i can imagine what it sounds like i've heard it quite a few times Is is this a good performance from them
1: um yeah it's you know again it's it's it, it's it's bog standard you know in as much as that um it's a song they've played every show since 1991 i should imagine and yep. um you know it 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 well, I haven't, you know, it's nothing else matters i mean what can you say yeah. again that it loses its power that, that that one of the great things about about nothing else matters is that you know it builds it builds up to that last chorus and you know, you've got the extra couple of lines in the last chorus and then that solo and unique. You know, you lose that acoustically, so it's it's a shame, but you know it is what it is. Mm-hmm,
0: mm-hmm. It is what it is exactly. and you know most people maybe haven't heard this, maybe haven't listened. It's definitely go back. Hopefully we've um elucidated somewhat. I'm just looking at the set list for the next episode that we do the final one of the trilogy, which is 2016. Mm. Um, mm. I've not heard that either. For whom the bell tolls acoustic.
1: Yeah, well, okay. um, yeah. Um, <laughs> is we'll, it what? Is it like disposable heroes? Or? We'll, we'll 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 get we'll get to that. We'll get to that. Okay. There's there's a lot of yeah. There, there's some uh, some issues with those shows.
0: Intriguing, intriguing. And uh, clamp down. Do a clash cover. I've not heard that song. Mm, That's
1: interesting. Mm. Um, yeah, it's it's good. There's some good and there's some there's some not so good in there. Okay,
0: okay, okay. Yeah, I was watching uh, on the on the Metallica YouTube then backstage um, practicing whiskey in a jar. And it was awesome, and you know, got a lot of love for that song as well. So it's cool to see that they open that. Up. But we, yeah, we'll get to that. Definitely yeah. go back uh, if you enjoyed today's episode. Go back, check out our '97 review. Um, you know, we've done lots of cool stuff together as well. Check out um, that was <laughs> a John. Uh Check out. No, don't,
1: don't, don't, don't <laughs> listen to that. <laughs> what, you I, what I lose. I lose. <laughs>
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, it No,
1: great. do listen to it. It's great. Although, yeah. just to clarify, I had Metal Mania in my head. I just thought it was too goofy to say.
0: Yeah, yeah. I'm
1: yeah. not bitter, though. <laughs> I'm not bitter. <laughs> it's important to know. I've
0: been trying to th- I, I don't know. I'm trying to think of more and more questions, but the problem is... I, I I know so much. Not saying that in an ego way, but just I've read yeah. a lot of books, listened to a lot of songs. I'm like, is this too niche? Is this? Are you going to know the surname of their fucking, of the drum tech? Like it's like you know you can get into something. But Metall- awesome. yeah, <laughs> wow, wow. champ two will be coming <laughs> soon. Uh, maybe not so soon, but you know we'll definitely do one in the future. So definitely check out all the past stuff um, we've done. Um, John, your blog. Um, how hmm. do people get at that?
1: Um, it's that Uh, Or you could just Google my name. I think it comes up. But yeah, there's some fun stuff on there. Um, Metallica related. Lots of waffling about when I was a kid and stuff like that. But uh, yeah. (laughs) And
0: uh, me and John are actually just going to uh, record something else straight after this about um, Metallica's controversial Playboy interview from 2001 and that sort of era of Metallica, you know, very turbulent times. Definitely check out that episode as well. Definitely follow us at MetallicaPod, MetallicaPod at gmail.com. Get in touch with us. Let us know if you want to come on, hop on for a song. We've got pretty much everything up to J booked. So that pretty much means the rest of 2017, 2018. God, the rest of 2018 now, but, you know, Get in touch. We can work something out if we want to discuss something else. Um, Leave us a review on iTunes, Patreon. But yeah, this has been the Bridge School concert. We're going to be back very shortly for 2016 as well in a few weeks. But um, John, this has been great. Thank you very much, man.
1: Thanks, man.